นะโมทัสสะภะคะวะโตอะระหะโตสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสะนะโมทัสสะภะคะวะโตอะระหะโตสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสะนะโมทัสสะภะคะวะโตอะระ
uh, it just seems wonderful that nature should um, should do that. Somehow the the antidote and the problem grow in the same place. And it reminded me of um, something that Lumpur Child pointed out, which is that um, suffering and the end of suffering they happen in the same place. Some of the fire or the the heat of suffering and the, the coolness, the relief of non-suffering, both happen in the same place. So as an example, the um, say you've been stung by a nettle or stung by an insect and you, of course you don't like the sting, the sting's painful and then there's an attachment to that dis dislike that causes suffering. But then, if you can be, if you can be mindful for that, if you can receive that with um, some mindfulness and patience, you can see. Well, okay, there's the sting, there's the dislike, there's the attachment to disliking, and I can let go of the attachment to disliking, and, and the suffering ceases. The mental suffering ceases. The physical suffering is still there. There's still the pain of the sting, but the mental suffering has ceased. Or, for example, with an itch, if we're meditating and uh, we've got an itch and we don't like the itch and we want, we want to scratch it and there's an attachment to that dislike which causes suffering, makes us suffer. And uh, But if we can be patient and mindful and sit still and not scratch the itch, then uh, we observe that there's the itch, the sensation of the itch, there's the dislike, there's the attachment which is causing me to suffer and I can let go of the attachment. The suffering stops, at least the mental suffering, the physical sensation is still there but the mental suffering ceases when the attachment ceases. Both take place, the suffering and the, the end of suffering is in the same place. And it's as if the, uh, <coughs> it's as if the the itch is scratching itself if we've got the patience and the mindfulness and the restraint to not move, to not scratch it, then the itch sorts itself out. However, of course, in, in, in our lives, we're, uh, most of us find that we quite easily get caught up in, in, in moods of suffering. We get pulled in it's like a kind of spiral or a whirlpool or a vortex and we can get sucked in and caught up quite easily. So um, what is it that we can do? I mean, even if we understand the basic principle of uh, attachment, letting go, what is it that we can, we can actually do to strengthen our ability to do that? Because it's very easy to say, let go of attachment. It's just a few words, but... How can we <clears throat> strengthen our ability to, to do that? The, um, <clears throat> to practice um, mindfulness in, in everyday life, the best way of, of, of strengthening that ability to practice in everyday life is to practice mindfulness of the body. So. We can uh, 
bring mindful mindfulness to our posture, sitting, standing, walking, lying down. We can bring mindfulness to our activity, whatever it is that we're doing during, during the day, might be cooking or washing up or going to the loo or eating, drinking, getting a shower, making the bed, walking to the bus, all the different activities that we, physical activities that we perform during the day, these are all opportunities to, to practice this uh, mindfulness of the body. And then there's the uh, sensations in, in the body. You can practice this when, when we're sitting, meditation, meditating, you can scan your body, but also when you're, when you're out and about doing things, you can scan through the body. Start at your left foot and come up to your left hip. And start at your right foot and come up to your right hip. And your pelvis, sitting bones, coming up the torso, belly, chest. Left shoulder down to the left hand. Right shoulder down to the right hand and then throat, back of the head, front of the head, top of the head. You can practice this kind of scan <clears throat> quite quickly, even during you know, activity in everyday life, to bring attention into sensation, uh, sensations in the body. And the uh, <clears throat> in practicing um, mindfulness of the body during everyday life, there's three different uh, areas to look at. There's the posture, there's the sensations in the body, and then there's movement. You, 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 this is a good one to practice during everyday life because we're, we're constantly moving. We're going from A to B and back from B to A. And extend the arm, bring the arm back, extending our legs, bring our legs back. We're moving our legs, moving our arms. So this constant movement in everyday life is an excellent um, theme for meditation. It's an excellent practice. To, it's like Tai Chi in everyday life, just to, be, to get to know to get to be able to be mindful of this everyday movement, to get interested in these everyday movements. If we if we do that, if we make a practice of this, but of um, practicing during the ordinary activities of an ordinary day, then what happens is there's, there's a certain um, momentum when we sit down to meditate, a certain momentum of mindfulness. And when we sit, there's the same three areas of, of mindfulness of the body. That's the posture, so the posture of sitting, we bring mindfulness to that. There's the uh, sensations in the body, we can scan the body, the whole feeling awareness of the whole body, we can scan that. And then there's movement, and in uh, sitting, of course, the external movement has stopped, we're not moving our body around externally but there's internal movement and that's the internal movement of, of the breathing there's the movement of the belly as we breathe in movement in the chest as we breathe in expansion and then there's the contraction in the chest and the, the belly as we breathe out so this is the physical 
sensation of movement, that's uh, the, the uh, practice of mindfulness of the breathing. <clears throat> and if we, if we can keep our mind on that for uh, 5, 10, 15 minutes, something like that, the um, awareness, the mind relaxes, settles down, calms down, and then naturally become, becomes aware of the whole body, an awareness which includes the arms and legs and head and the whole of the torso. This nat naturally happens. And we can start to notice that uh, there's uh, sensations in the, in the whole body, the arms and the legs, feet, hands. There can be a, a slight tingling or feeling of energy or slight feeling of kind of movement, energy, energy moving around the body. And the um, and this in the the way the Buddha taught mindfulness of breathing. This is this is included in the practice of mindfulness of breathing. The, the sensation of energy moving in the body is part of that practice, and, and, and the, it's called prana or pana or different names for it, chi. And the um, Uh, when I when I first came across this, I, I found it a little bit tricky because I thought, well, it's you know, it's, I, I'm not breathing in and out through my arms and legs. The, the breath energy is not going into my arms and legs. I, I found it a little bit bit strange to, to this idea of uh, the breath, the wind element spreading through the whole body, it seemed a bit strange. But it's important to to understand that um, <clears throat> the our understanding of what air is or a gas is is very different to, to, to the understanding five centuries BC of what uh, the wind element, what they call the wind element or breath. Our understanding, of course, is um, a scientific understanding. We've all studied physics at school and our modern idea of what a gas is has been around for maybe 250 years. With all started with Boyle, a scientist called Boyle, who discovered the properties of a gas and how it worked. And uh, when we, at least speaking personally, anyway, when I first started mindfulness of breathing, I, I my understanding was I was trying to be mindful of a gas. That was my kind of, you know. So the idea that this gas somehow spread out, spread throughout my body didn't really make sense. That I was somehow breathing in and out through my arms and legs. It just didn't make sense. However, of course, the the um, Boyle and the whole idea of, of uh, modern idea of a gas has only been around for relatively recently, uh, 250 years. And the ancient Indian idea of, of wind element was actually different. It was uh, movement. It was the uh, so like like with a flag when the flags moving in the wind. That was the wind element is movement. So when you <clears throat> bring your attention to the central part of your body, the torso and belly, when you're breathing in and breathing out, there's the movement of the diaphragm, there's the movement of the belly, there's the movement of the chest as they expand, the bones and muscles move, and then as you breathe out, the chest, the ribs, the belly, the diaphragm, everything contracts. There's the movement of... of uh, exhaling, breathing out. And this movement 
or the sensation of, of movement, this is what uh, mindfulness of breathing is directing us towards. It's not directing us, we're not trying to be mindful of a gas, we're being mindful of the sensations of movement in the body. And uh, to start with, we're, we're with the central part of the body, the, the torso, belly, chest, and then as the mind relaxes after five, ten minutes or so, the mind broadens, expands, and, and we start to be aware of the whole body, the arms, hands, legs, feet, head, torso, the whole body starts to be included in, in our awareness, and we start to notice this um, slight tingling in the body as if there's energy moving around the body, and this is what's called uh, breath, en breath energy, or wind element, and it doesn't mean literally there's a, somehow there's gas there, it's pointing to the sensation of movement, the perception of movement. And uh, so I think it's very important to understand that, and, and if we're practicing mindfulness of breathing, to, to, to know what it is that we're trying to be mindful of. And as the mind relaxes and, and becomes aware of the whole body in this way, and as we start to be aware of this sense of uh, energy flowing in the body, current of energy flowing in the body, then the mind <coughs> becomes quite happy. It, it's quite uh, content and happy to be feeling this. It's um, no longer needing to run after the um, usual distractions of thinking or other entertainments. It's, uh, mind becomes content to just be with the physical sensations of energy in the body and its compulsion to keep thinking starts to fade and the, the mind can go quiet, can go silent. And that's very nice. It's, it's the, um, I, I, normally our experience is a bit like the waves on, uh, on the ocean. They can be stormy, they can be calm. But normally our, our experience in, in, in the sense realm, it's all to do with the waves on the surface of the ocean. But when the mind starts to go more quiet like this, then we, it's like we start to perceive, perceive and experience the, the, the depth, the sort of um, unfathomable depth of the ocean. We start to, to sense that. There's much, more, there's much more to this reality than we normally notice. This kind of peacefulness and contentment becomes uh, accessible for us. Now there's a, a problem here actually, which is that um, the feeling of, of um, breathing is quite neutral, it's not very interesting, it's actually normally below the uh, level of consciousness for, for a non-meditator, they, they might even never really notice that, the sensation of breathing. And the, um, <clears throat> The, according to the Buddha, the, the way he described the, uh, the untrained human mind is, is that uh, we're always moving away from painful feeling, naturally, painful feeling is unpleasant, and we're moving towards pleasant feeling, that's what the mind does, and it misses out, it 
ignores, doesn't even see the, the neutral feeling, the feelings that are neither pleasant nor unpleasant. It doesn't even notice them. It ignores them. And, uh, and according to the Buddha, this, this isn't a recent thing. We've been doing this for many, 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 many lifetimes. This is a very deep kind of rut in, 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 in our consciousness. This tendency to ignore, to not, not even notice neutral feeling. So, um, so finding a way to notice, experience neutral feeling is, um, I think for some people, it's, it's easier than others. I'm uh, talking to some, some people, some practitioners, and they say that um, for themselves, even before they started to meditate, if they needed to make a decision, they would naturally consult the feelings in the torso, belly, chest, and, and uh, that was a normal part of their everyday life, would be feeling how they felt about things and that would inform their decisions. Whereas talking to other people, it's it's not like that, but for a lot of people, the, their experience of their chest, belly, where they're breathing is, is actually quite numb. And um, when one first starts to meditate, it's like, there's, well, there's nothing there. You know, so... Um, but the thing is, the you know the feeling of nothingness actually does feel like something. So it's, one has to put aside this this judgment we might have that well, there's nothing much happening there. You have to learn to put that judgment aside and actually feel what what is happening there. And that that for some people that might be quite easy. For other people, that's actually quite a challenge, quite a, not an easy thing to do. Luckily, the, the Buddha's teachings are, are there to help us, and the um, <clears throat> the way it's structured, the, the uh, Eightfold Path, every single limb or element of the Eightfold Path, uh, right, view, right, thought, speech, action, livelihood, right, effort, mindfulness, samadhi, they're all there to help us undermine this tendency to ignore neutral feeling, this deep-seated tendency to ignore neutral feeling. They're all there to help us develop the, the ability to feel our lives, to, to feel this neutral feeling that we've been ignoring for so long. So we, 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 can, <clears throat> we can do that by um, partly we can sometimes use a, a kind of cognitive approach. We can kind of um, figure out ways to make us more interested in the neutral, the ordinary feelings of life. You know, I mean, a lot of the time we might dismiss, you know, our ordinary experiences walking down the street's not important. But actually it's it's actually an opportunity for enlightenment. So you can um, find ways of triggering what they call the beginner's mind, or perceiving life as a, as, a, as a miracle. Some people find that helpful. Gratitude, just being grateful for for being alive, or being grateful for having experiences. We can find ways of getting interested in, in these neutral feelings, because the the, the 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 what we perceive as being ordinary and unimportant, we, we need to bring a kind of extraordinary level of attention to that. We need to get fascinated and interested in that. And of 
according to the Buddha, in, in, in the same way that uh, uh, an ascetic pursues painful feeling, and in the same way that a hedonist would pursue pleasant feeling, then a practitioner should pursue neutral feeling. We should be cultivating a kind of fascination with it. And the, um, <clears throat> so there's a, there are cognitive ways of doing that. We can kind of um, have different perspectives on on the neutral feeling of breathing or the neutral feeling in our bodies. Find ways of getting interested and find ways of dropping this judgment that it's nothing special, it's not important. Another way is um, when we're meditating, we, we, we can find there are pleasant um, places in our body when we're breathing. There are pleasant breaths, or what one teacher calls a comfortable breath. You can find the comfortable breath, and comfortable place. And stay, if you stay with that for long enough, the mind calms down, broadens, becomes content and peaceful. And then you're more able to feel into the places that are, are numb or stuck or difficult to feel. You kind of increase your your ability to feel by to start with at least staying with the, the, the comfortable breath or the comfortable places in the body and then another another factor is practicing for uh, a long period uh, weeks months years practice the eightfold path and then our ability to feel neutral feel feeling to stop ignoring neutral feeling our ability to do that increases, our capacity to feel increases, our sensitivity in increases, so that we find we're, we're more able just through time and practicing the Eightfold Path, we're more able to to feel neutral feeling. And um, <clears throat> this this really is the um, middle way, that the neutral feeling, it's a feeling that it's not painful, it's not pleasant, it's uh, in between, so this is this is the middle way that the Buddha taught, uh, the pursuit of neutral feeling. Can be a bit like um, to start with, say, an, a, a dot on a screen and then the dot might enlarge to become a, a thumbprint picture and then uh, after a while the, it keeps enlarging until it becomes a, a normal sized picture and then takes up the whole screen and uh, neutral being aware of neutral feeling can be like that to start with it's we're hardly aware of it it's just a dot but then we develop the ability to to be a bit more aware of it and and then eventually we can become fascinated with it and it actually becomes pleasant feeling it becomes a, a, a source of peace and happiness or a bit like a flower you might walk past a flower and not even notice it or you might um, stop and look at it for a few moments and see how beautiful it is and, or you might stop and look at it for half an hour or an hour and have a kind of religious experience and the breath is a bit like that normally we don't really notice it but then even if we just stopped um, if we're just mindful for three breaths maybe we can notice how settling how peaceful that is how beautiful that is and, 
and if we can stay with it for half an hour or an hour, then we can find a, a very kind of peaceful, very beautiful experience. And of course, there's, there's a bit more to Buddhist practice. I mean, this is talking about um, uh, calming the mind, making the mind peaceful, and, uh, which is good in and of itself. But then there's also the, the 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 fact that a calm, peaceful mind is more likely that uh, insight or wisdom is going to arise in that mind. And the um, first thing that we can can investigate is the very thing that we've been mindful of the body so we can take that as our the thing that we're investigating so we're not really changing the meditation we're just slightly changing changing the perspective and investigating and the sensations in the body start to notice how they move and change they're insubstantial kind of hollow, we can start to see it's not self, it's not me. And uh, we can also investigate the the one who's sensing the body, the one who's conscious of the body. We can, as it were, turn our attention around and look at, at the one who's sensing. Which, of course, we can't really do that. That's a kind of metaphor for actually what, what we do is we sort of fall back into awareness and notice the, the nature of awareness and this is an ideal thing to do when the mind's peaceful and happy it's an ideal time to, to investigate and we can we can also do it when we're walking down the street is we, we can do this anytime actually the, these these things that we're investigating in Buddhism are very ordinary aspects of reality the body and the um, <clears throat> using mindfulness of breathing, that's the natural place to start when we move into investigation. You naturally start with the body, and then you, you've got a choice really. You can start to investigate the five candors, feelings, perceptions, mental formations, consciousness. You can, can go that way, investigating how they're all hollow, insubstantial, not self, impermanent, unsatisfactory. Or we can investigate the six senses there's the, there's the body sense and the seeing hearing smelling tasting thinking all the different six senses and again seeing how they're all impermanent unsatisfactory insubstantial hollow empty and then we can turn the attention around and, and look at the the one who sees smells tastes touches thinks and see the space of awareness Investigate that. Investigate the nature of our, you know, our awareness, our experience. It's useful to do these in, in when on retreat. We, we can do them, but also outside of retreat, we're having these experiences all the time. Just walking along, we can investigate, seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching. We, we can do it individually, and uh, each sense, and then we can do it all together. Most of the time, of course, we're experiencing all these things together. And then <clears throat> practicing this way, there uh, we can start to understand the nature of our experience much more. 
and we'll find that our perspective on life gradually or suddenly changes and that we start to find access a whole a new kind of peacefulness or, or contentment in our lives. So I'd like to offer those words for your reflection this evening. I hope some of that's been useful. <laughs>